Um, if you turn with me to the book of Galatians, our founding pastor many years ago wrote a book, What Satan Hates the Most. What would, what would you say that the devil hates the most? Yeah. Yeah, the title of the booklet that he wrote was What Satan Hates the Most, and it's the subject is grace. Satan really hates the grace of God. More than anything else, he hates grace. And he hates when grace is manifested in our lives, when we exhibit the grace of God. And when we receive grace, that's what the devil hates. But when we receive grace, the the angels rejoice, God rejoices. And in the book of Galatians, we see a church that was something, a church that Paul had labored. And we can receive the, the agenda of the devil to work against grace in your life. And let's just read Galatians chapter uh, 5. I just want to read this one verse, verse 13, and then we'll skip over verse 14. Well, no, we'll read 14 as well. Um, let's just start in verse 14. Wait a minute, let's back up. Sorry. Verse 16, I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And, flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And then let's look at verse 18. And I love this verse. I think we could preach a hundred messages right on this verse right here. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Is that great? You ever think about that verse? You ever meditate on that? What does that mean? Like if I am Spirit-filled, and remember, we know that the Spirit is a Spirit of grace, right? When we are filled with the Spirit of grace... And that spirit always exalts the word of grace in Acts 20, verse 32. Then we are in a grace cycle in our soul. And when we're functioning in receiving grace, giving grace, receiving grace, giving grace, then what happens is, is that we begin to enter into God's program of edification. We are being edified. And how many places in the world today, how many churches today, I wonder, I don't know, but how many churches are in a edification complex or an edification cycle in their fellowship where people come in, they're actually edified. See, when you and I go to the throne of grace in Ephesians 4, verse 16, when we go to that throne of grace that is just there for the time of need and we receive grace, then we are filled with that Holy Spirit of grace. I think that today, Christians, and like Pastor Kyle said, there's, we live in such an age of information, an age of the information, which is the information of the good side of the tree and the information of the bad side of the tree. And that's where a lot of Christians live their life. We live our lives in stress, we, as we heard earlier. We live our lives in knowing things about other people and about fallen personalities and what people should do and what they shouldn't do. And we can just... We can just find ourselves unconsciously at that tree so easily. And that tree is that tree that was forbidden uh, by God for Adam and Eve to eat. God still forbids that tree for you and I to eat today. God does not want us to be feeding on information that's either good about people or bad about people. 
God wants us to be feeding on that tree of life, which is that tree is the word of life, which is that singular thought of God, which is in Acts 20, verse 32, the word of grace. And you know, some of us in this room, it's going to take three, four, five, 40, 50, 60 years for us to, to, to even begin to comprehend the grace of God. So don't, don't get impatient with yourself if after one or two years of being a new Christian, you're, you are just not understanding the grace of God. And so when we build ourselves up in grace and we begin to walk in the Spirit, and when we are living in that spiritual communion with grace and with God's Spirit, then we can, we can detect, we can see that work of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking this morning, I was a teenager, I was 17, and I was just in high school, and having come back from a mission trip, being overseas, and I came back, and I just really wasn't doing well in high school, I was going to a public school, and as a teenager, I just was living in just cycles of failure, one after another, one after another, and just not able to get out of it, and thinking, you know, my life's not going anywhere. And I remember getting just a vision from God, just going overseas, seeing missions and ministry and, and the power of the gospel and, and the life like that we're experiencing here today. And I thought, this is what I want in my life. And I want to be an agent of communicating this grace and this gospel. And I begin, remember just beginning to discern an eternal purpose in my life. Remember that day when you began to discern an eternal purpose in your life? And you began to understand that God's Spirit is leading you somewhere and that you have some direction. And I just remember walking home at night, because I had to take night classes so I could finish high school. I remember walking home at night, just walking. Those are the days when you just walked. Remember those days when you just walking? Walking a few miles? I was walking home and I can just, you know, as a 17 year old, just thinking, wow, I can. I had this sense of the presence of God, and I didn't know what it was, and I felt like it was just resting on me, and I was just walking along, and I thought, wow, what is that? And I was just thinking about God's plan and the future and what God was doing in my life, and I could just begin to detect his presence. And I thought, I am such a frail person. You know, I'm not a great person. <laughs> I'm so frail. And, uh, you know... It's like, you know, like an earthen vessel that can be so easily broken. And I just remember thinking about the mercy of God, that understanding that God is not expecting from us anything, not even one thing. What does God expect from us today? Nothing. Zero. And that can, and I just want to read this verse again, that they that be led of the Spirit are not under the law. Meaning that when you and I are filled with that Spirit of grace, and by the way, If you don't know what that is, Romans 5 verse 5 says that that the love of God is shed abroad in the heart through the Holy Spirit. That one of the first things that we detect in our life when we are walking in that spirit of grace is a personal revelation of God's unconditional love. Isn't that amazing? That God's unconditional love. we We can be failing and we can just sit down in our chair and say, God, I am a... You know, I am this in the kingdom. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be this great leader. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be serving. I got this title. But I'm as frail as, you know, old newspaper. You know, I'm just, 
I am, and I am, I'm going to fellowship right now in a revelation of the unconditional love of God. I was listening to this song on the way over here, Natalie Grant. Um, I don't know how old the song is, but I just discovered it. It's called Clean. Have you guys heard that? Just an amazing song, just about, you know, I don't know what happened in her life. It sounded like something had happened in her life, and then she was singing about a personal revelation of being clean and, God, and God's... Um, purity that was working into her life through grace. What can happen after that? When we begin to walk in that spirit of, of God, then we begin, to, we begin to personally understand the, the personal love of God towards us, and then secondly, the love of God towards people. And those are the two fruits of the Spirit. I mean, those are the two fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. What's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, right? Love, joy, peace. And you know something? When you and I are not walking in that spirit of grace, then you know what? Everything that we know about God and everything that we know about the Christian life and everything that we know about doctrine can turn into a law, can't it? Right? Like, okay, I'm supposed to be happy today. I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to be happy. And why am I not happy? So i got to be happy. And then we start to begin to apply the law of happiness in my life without the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? How many of you have ever been that way? I'm supposed to be a missionary and I'm supposed to love evangelism. But this morning I'm not loving evangelism. Or I'm not loving the situation in my life. And what do we do? At that point we take everything that we know about the Bible and we apply it to ourselves as a law. Because we're not filled with the Spirit. And we're like, okay, Jesus came to seek and to save. i got to get out there and seek and save people. You know? And I'm not motivated by the love of God. I'm not motivated by the Spirit of God. And I'm just finding myself in a place, I'm motivated by guilt and my deficit. How about this one? And I'm not a parent, but I can imagine parents go through this. I'm not a great mom. I'm not a good dad. And this is, these are the 5,000 reasons why. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good wife. We begin to, if we're not filled with that spirit of grace and that spirit of love in Romans 5, verse 5, everything that we know, all those seminars we went to to hear about how to be a good husband becomes a law to us, right? And we're like, okay, I got to love my wife unconditionally. I got to love my kid unconditionally. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to be a great employee. I got to, you know, all of these things. And, you know, without the spirit of grace, it all becomes law to us. And I just want to make this very simple point, and then I'm going to finish, is that it's not God's will for us to try to take up the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? That's harder to do than to obey the whole law. I mean, Matthew chapter 5, right, which is an amazing chapter. Jesus says, Jesus takes in effect the Mosaic law and he takes it from applying it to human behavior and then does this quantum leap and begins to apply it to the human heart. you imagine that? Grace is not any easier than the law. It's multitudes, exponentially times, and more impossible to live the grace life without the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, anyone, any one of us can externally try to obey the Ten Commandments. But our heart can be so off. But in the law of Moses, you could get away with that. I mean, you know, all you had to do is just have a good fare and a good show in the flesh, right? Like, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not stealing anybody's wife. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this and that. So, hey, I'm doing great. But nobody knows what's going on in the heart. 
But in the grace life, in the life of the Holy Spirit, as we heard Pastor Kyle say, in the life in the kingdom is totally different because I can have all of those external things happening in my life but still be so off, so be so far away. I mean, that's what we see happening today. God wants that heart, that, that part of us that is the center of our being, the center of our motivational structure. And if it's not there... We just had a men's getaway this past few days, and it was just amazing. And, and, and my brother's topic for the, Pastor Jason's topic for the men's getaway was stirring ourselves up. And I was just sharing that, you know, there are times when we have zero motivation. There's nothing to stir up there. <laughs> Ever stir, you try to stir yourself up and there's nothing to stir? It's like an empty pot. Nothing there to stir. It's like, and that's fine. That's perfect. That's the way it's supposed to be. Because there's nothing in us that's motivated for God in the flesh. And we just need to come to God and say, God, I have no motivation. Nothing in in my hands I bring, only to thee I cling. It's a hymn, isn't it? Like there's nothing in my hands that I can bring to you, God. And we do that when sometimes in our life we have these, uh, these, um, these catastrophes. We say, God, I'm so sorry. I really apologize, but I'm just coming to you in this moment of of great distress and trouble. I gave it my best shot, but but I, I just can't do it. And I'm sorry it's come to this. And God is saying, why did you wait so long to, to come? This is the way I want it to be. This is called the zero factor or the zero plane. This is where we begin every day with God, is that when we wake up, we just say, God, there's nothing in me. There's nothing in me that's seeking you today quicken me according to thy spirit according to thy word we cannot look inside of us for anything for God because if we do we're going to try to manufacture something that God is just going to resist like let me just say it another way sometimes when we don't feel good about ourselves and we feel really down about ourselves and our performance and our unbelief and our anger or whatever it is we say you know I need to try to modify something so that I can feel better about myself and that's just the flesh trying to prop itself up in pride. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we, just, we present ourselves a living sacrifice. And we say, God, here I am. Here I am. This is it. This is me. And I just surrender to you. Because, you know, when we walk in this, and then at that moment, God can quicken us. When we walk in that spirit, as we heard earlier, in the morning, seeking out the face of God, and we walk in the spirit of grace, then what will happen is, is that your life will be fulfilling the whole law without even, without even trying. Because we see in the book of Galatians chapter 5 that if you love your neighbor, you're fulfilling the entire law. If we're walking in the love of God, then the entire Mosaic law is fulfilled. We're walking in the fulfillment of that. And that's what takes the stress off of us as Christians. Because it's not God's will for us to live in these eternal battles in our minds. That's just not God's will. We just say, God, you know what? I cannot uh, handle this financial situation. I cannot handle this family situation. And maybe there's a thousand questions that we have about God's plan. Why did this happen this way? It wasn't supposed to happen this way. I'm in this situation. Why is it like this? And the first thing that we want to do in a trial is get subjective. That's the first thing the devil wants you to do in a trial is to get you subjective. 
you start thinking it's your fault, you did something wrong, it's all about you. No, that's not what we have. When we are in a difficult time, we need to look to God and say, God, what is your wisdom in this? And when we walk in grace, then we are no longer under the power of the law. And there's no law against that. When we walk in the Holy Spirit, we're walking in grace, and we're no longer walking. What are some of these laws? And I'll finish with this. What are some of these laws? There's a social law, the way we're supposed to act in society, you know? Or how about the religious law? This is the way I'm supposed to be a upright citizen. You know, how about the political law or the educational law or even the law of health? You know, you're, you're supposed to weigh a certain amount. Now, it's, that can be a law. It's like, what are those laws? That is not, that is not the mind of Christ. Because when we live in faith rest, we're not living under any kind of law. And those things are no longer in, uh, important for me. Amen. So I just wanted to share those few things, and I just want to end with that, that um, the only law that we live in as a believer is that law of the spirit of life in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there is no condemnation for, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. The following part of the scripture is added by some translators, and it's interesting, I mean, if you read that, but for there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ, period. That's where the period should be in the Greek language. I mean, in the English language, period. There's no condemnation for them that are in Christ. And then it says, it talks about the law of the spirit of life. And so when we begin to live in a Christ, when we begin to live in grace, guess what? We're no longer living in self-consciousness. We're not living in what people should be doing for me or what I should be doing for people. You know, I think that when there's no vision in our life and when we, when we don't function in grace, it's all about us. It's all about what I'm doing for God or what people should be doing for me. Um, grace means that it's all a gift in my life. You know, it's, everything is a gift in my life. You know, I think about this church here. You guys are a gift. You know, you guys are a gift for us. We really, that's just amazing. We really treasure you and you are a gift. And so I just want to close with that this simple message, and then we'll just move on to the, to the communion. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this time, Lord, for the gift of your grace, the grace life, Lord, that, re- that releases us from self-consciousness, from self-awareness, and it brings us into a place of God-awareness about what God wants to do in this situation, what God wants to say, Lord. We thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of Christ in our heart and sets us free from the power, the gravitational pull of the flesh. We just thank you, God, for this church and bless the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, amen.